Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's time for the playoffs. It's time to decide who's going to Vegas. Will it be Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo coming out of the AFC? Is it going to be San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit even coming out of the NFC? Pick your two conference champions, parlay it, and remember, get your 50% welcome bonus on that first parlay using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, when you use the link in the description to this episode at BetOnline Sportsbook. Bet online where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, And whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast Welcome, 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 everybody. It is Wired Up episode 157. It's another edition of the NFL playoff postgame here on the Take It Easy podcast. We already did a postgame show surrounding the Houston Texans versus Baltimore Ravens playoff game. If you want the insights and expertise from that dominant Baltimore Raven performance, we have that episode available for you. Right now, it's time to talk Packers, 49ers, And since the 49ers came through and won, and since Kyle Shanahan came back from a 7-point fourth-quarter deficit for the first time in his 49er career, and because Brock Purdy became the greatest quarterback in the clutch to lead the 49ers to their playoff victory, and all the crazy stuff that happened in that game, we gotta play our Jimmy Garoppolo parody theme song anytime good things happen to the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo drops back to throw. You're gonna lose the game. The seasons come and seasons go. The Niners need a change. If you don't throw check downs, you're gonna take a sack. Jimmy G is warming up. Yeah, he's your quarterback. No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. 
They say he's smart and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding talent's what you lack, trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. Woo! Boy, San Francisco coming from behind to beat the under dog but then they all of a sudden became the favorites and then somehow choked the game away. The Packers went from being underdogs, but the team that everyone felt most confident would win this weekend, the Packers went from underdogs to team that left 13 points on the field to then the team that blew the fourth quarter lead to Kyle Shanahan that got their season ended by San Francisco and the team that missed the goddamn kick at the end of the game that would have sealed the deal. Their highest win probability at one point was 82.5%. They had an 82% chance of winning the game. And the Packers gave it all back to San Francisco. And the 49ers get to advance to the Super Bowl and deny us what might have been the biggest upset in any playoff game in the history of this podcast and maybe in my memorable lifetime. Because the closest point spread upset to this game was the 2019 Titans beating the Baltimore Ravens, still the best football team I've ever seen in the divisional round. And it's the, the New York Giants beating the 15 and one Green Bay Packers in the NFC champion or in the NFC divisional round during Aaron Rodgers post Super Bowl playoff run. There has not been a team this good that was that close to losing in this round of the playoffs maybe in the last 15 years. And yet at the end of it, it becomes a dramatic come-from-behind victory for the San Francisco 49ers who beat the Packers with a fourth-quarter comeback victory. So many interesting thoughts, so much to dive into in this game. We're going to start from the first half and work our way down to the very end of the game because there was so much stuff that went down in this game. Start right off the bat with the fact that the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers played the entire first half trying to dominate each other on time of possession. Kyle Shanahan has articulated time and time before about how important time of possession is to dictating winners in games. He is maybe the most time of possession concerned head coach in the NFL. It was a battle back and forth to just try and control the time of possession somehow in this game. And in the first half of the game, both of these teams had three total possessions. There were six total possessions in the entire first half that resulted in the Packers being down one point, but somehow there should have been at least like 13 more points on the board because the drives that did end in scoring, the Packers kicking a field goal on the first drive of the game where they accepted on the coin toss, the George Kittle 39-yard touchdown by the Niners, the Packer field goal that they came back and kicked uh, during the second quarter. I think that was kind of like back half of the second quarter. Those were all 13 points that were scored in the first half, despite the fact that on the second play 
of the game. I'm sorry, on the on the fourth play of the game for the 49ers, Brock Purdy threw a pick six to Darnell Savage, jumped a route exactly the same way that Savage had a pick six against the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy had his second pick six of the season right there. Right there, in the same way that the playoffs was the first time that the Houston, that the Baltimore Ravens had allowed a special teams touchdown when they allowed one against Houston, for second time all season, Brock Purdy would have had a pick six going back the other way. It was in Savage's hands, and he dropped it. Then the Packers, on their second possession, get the ball into San Francisco territory, run a 10-play. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They drive on fourth and one, fail to convert the tush push. I know some people were saying the 49ers were lined up offside. I think that was a deceptive camera angle because the center for the Packers moved the ball forward after the ball spot, but the 49ers ended up stopping them on a tush push, or, or I think they called it the love shove during the broadcast, which I thought was kind of cute. They, they had the love shove right there. And they didn't get it. That was at least three points that you could have taken on the board right there, gone up 6-0. to zero. And then you had the 49ers at the end of the first half with a 6-7 to seven lead and getting the ball to start the second half. The 49ers pushed the ball into Packer territory before the two-minute warning. Before we got to the two-minute warning, they had the ball. Or I'm sorry, on the first play out of the two-minute warning, they got the ball into Green Bay territory. And then Kyle Shanahan sat on the football, sat on the football for a minute and a half, ended up kicking a field goal and getting the field goal blocked at the end of the half. So instead of like, like galaxy braining yourself to try and avoid the Packers getting the ball back and scoring three, he took seven potentially off the board for the Niners. And oh, by the way, the field goal got blocked at the end anyways, so it didn't matter. Then what you had in the second half was the third quarter just going absolutely berserk because after it was 6-7 to seven at halftime and both teams could have added points, like the Packers could have had an extra 10 points, the Niners could have had an extra 3 points, at least 13 points left on the board, 13 total points in the first half. The, the Packers' run game is playing impeccable against the 49ers' rush defense, which is the weakest link on the 49ers' I would, I would argue the entire 49ers offense and defense combined, their rushing defense might be the weakest unit the 49ers have. But the Packers are doing a good job picking apart the run defense. They're averaging close to six yards a carry, which was super impressive when Baltimore was averaging six yards per carry. No one had really done that all year against the 49ers, especially interior running. And the 49ers punt to start the first half. They go th- or the second half, they go three and out. So Shanahan, who had this plan of get three points, get the ball out of halftime, go down and score, ends up getting zero points out of both of those drives in a game where the Packers have already left at least 10 points on the field. So now the Packers, who are still you know losing the game by one point but feel like 
both teams have really left points on the board for a good portion of this game. Then it's just a crazy explosion of scoring and points. And and San Francisco at this point in the game, San Francisco has their fewest yards of offense in any victory they've had all season in the first half. Then they go three and out to start the second half. Packers get the ball. There's a pass interference on Ambry Thomas that ends up denying Green Bay the possibility, uh, I'm sorry, denying the Niners a stop. It was actually a pretty big uh, pass interference. It was a 41-yard uh, pass interference call on that play. They went from the Green Bay 40 into the Niner red zone. So it was like a really bad pass interference, which, by the way, the Niners had two really like costly pass interference penalties in this game, which is a thing that you're not used to seeing from the 49ers. I mean, Ambry Thomas had been their number two corner all season, and across from an all-pro corner in Charvarius Ward, you saw teams kind of pick on Ambry Thomas at times this year, but the Packers kind of made the call at one point. It was like, yeah, we're just not even going to throw it at Charvarius Ward. We're just going to pick Romeo Dubes. I I keep calling him Dubes. I know it's Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs against, uh, against Ambry Thomas the whole way through. And I don't, Christian Watson only had one catch and two targets. That was, they had Charvarius Ward, all pro corner, just shadow Christian Watson. And it was working for the most part on the offense. It was just a terrible, terrible game by Ambry Thomas that ended up going against the corners for the San Francisco 49ers in that respect. In the respect that the two pass interference penalties dramatically changed what the 49ers were doing in pass coverage. Meanwhile, the Packers were having one of the more effective rushing games any team has had against the 49ers all season. Wasn't a dominant rushing performance, but the best rushing performance any team has had against the 49ers all season. And so the Packers get that pass interference, they score a touchdown. 49ers get the ball, two plays, 71 yards, they score a touchdown. It was a a 33-yarder to Kittle, a 39-yard touchdown by McCaffrey on back-to-back plays, just... Packers get a 41-yard pass interference. They score a touchdown. Uh, 49ers get the ball. They take it down. They score a touchdown. Packers return the punt. Or, I'm sorry, the kickoff, 78 yards. Fumble the, the, the kickoff. Get it back before the 49ers' 1,000 pounds of angry dudes can jump on the football bouncing in the middle of the field. The Packers return the kickoff 78 yards score a touchdown right away, get a two-point conversion to go up 21-24, and all of a sudden this game has gone from the Packers left points on the field because they, they they dropped a pick six and they went for it on fourth and short and didn't get it. That's, you you know, they're, they're an eight, a 90-plus percent conversion rate on those love shoves. They left those 10 points on the board, but then the 49ers had terrible clock management at the end of the first half, and so they left points on the board, and they kind of evened themselves out so that it was 6-7 to seven still, and then it just went to, fuck it, we're just going to do chaos shit now. It's going to be a chaos football game now. It's going to be 41-yard pass interference call. That, was a, that, that had no argument from anyone. Clear as day cut pass interference call. 41-yard pass interference call leads to a Packer touchdown. Two plays, 72 yards of, uh, on the drive for San Francisco. They go down, immediately score. Packers return the kickoff 80 yards inside the 20. Fumble the ball on the kickoff, recover it, score a touchdown, go for two. They convert. And now we're just in a chaos game all of a sudden. And by the way, all of that took about four total minutes of game time. Like the, from the pass interference, which was at, if uh, my math is correct here, the pass interference occurred at... 
9.27 on the clock. And by the time the Packers scored the second touchdown and, and went for two-point conversion, it was 5.23 on the clock. So in four minutes and four seconds, we went from normal football game, both teams have missed opportunities, we can question Kyle Shanahan's clock management, to pew, 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 crazy, crazy, crazy football happening all within four minutes. It was like 36 minutes of normal football, both teams trying to dominate time of possession, but poor clock management from the Niners and a drop pick six from the Packers was kind of crazy to, hey, here's crazy pew, pew, pew football stuff all of a sudden back to back to back. And it was awesome. It was crazy. And the Packers now had a 21 to 14 lead. And then the 49ers punted three and out down seven. The 49ers had, if my math is correct, three three and outs on their first what is that? Six drives of the game? Yes, first six drives of the game, the Niners had three three and outs. And the rest of them turned into touchdowns or the missed field goal by uh, Moody that got blocked. But they had three three and out punts, which I would have bet so much money that the 49er offense would have no more than maybe two punts, period, in the entire game. Given the If you told me that it was going to be a clock management battle between Lafleur and Shanahan, where both teams are desperately trying to control the clock, and both teams don't have a ton of possessions in the first half, I would have told you two punts at most for the 49ers, or maybe they don't punt at all. The Green Bay Packers didn't punt for the first three and a half quarters of the entire football game. So yeah, I totally was surprised that they had three three and outs on their first six possessions of the entire game, but I wasn't surprised that their their other three drives ended in big scoring plays and a, a Kyle Shanahan clock management mistake at the end of the half. Like th- th- those that was like those three drives all made sense. It was the other three three and outs that didn't make sense given the defense they were going up against and given the quarterback that they had back in the pocket. And also part of it was Debo Samuel going out early in the game. I kind of forgot to mention that as we were working through the first half of that game. Like Debo Samuel going out maybe plays a bit of a factor in there. I saw some Jawan Jennings, some Chris Conley mixed into the offense for the 49ers. Ray Ray McLeod, who had been around all season, but because he was hurt, he feels kind of like a forgotten guy in that offense. He was running some routes out there. He might have had one catch at the end of the game. Let me check the box real quick. He had... Yeah, he, Ray Ray McLeod had one catch for seven yards on two targets. But you saw Ray Ray get targets. You saw Jawan Jennings be a huge part of the offense. You saw Chris Conley being a big part of the offense. It was just, it was really interesting to watch in real time. And, and what was super interesting was that after the 49ers punt on the next drive, the Packers' starting field positioning is at the 38 yard line. They get a first down immediately on the next play. And then Jordan Love throws the interception to Dre Greenlaw on third and long. That was the picturesque mistake that you make against the San Francisco 49ers defense, which is Fred Warner guarding the middle of the field. You're trying to target the middle of the field. You stare the middle of the field down. Because you're trying to avoid Fred Warner, you overthrow. Dre Greenlaw, the other linebacker, happens to be there. Like a picturesque mistake that the Packers made to go from either punting the ball back to San Francisco and pinning them inside their 20 or potentially going for it on fourth down if they pick up a short yardage conversion 
and maybe going for it inside the San Francisco 40, which given that the play ended in an interception that got taken back to the Packer 48, it probably would have been beneficial for them to just go for the outside play, set themselves up for a fourth down and medium, maybe punt, maybe go for it, you decide later. But they make that mistake. Niners turn it into a quick field goal at the start of the fourth quarter. Packers punt back to San Francisco. San Francisco punts back to the Packers. Which at that moment, when San Francisco doesn't get it with, I think it was like 10 minutes to go. Yeah, so with uh, 9.43 to go is when they punt back to Green Bay. When San Francisco punted that ball back to Green Bay, 21-17, Green Bay getting the ball. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to be the the clock management battle that Shanahan and LeFleur have been having all game. And I looked at the clock, at the uh, time of possession up to that point in the game, and what was so funny is that at that moment, LeFleur had the time of possession battle won by like four minutes. It was super duper close on the time of possession, but LeFleur had the time of possession victory. And then the Packers on the first play from inside the 49er or inside their own 10 yard line, they get the big play. I guess the second big play because you had the the Ambry Thomas uh, pass interference that went for 41 yards that led to a touchdown. They also had a big play that uh, led to the turnover on downs, but the big play that actually feels like it's going to seal the game. 53-yard run by Aaron Jones, two brutal missed tackles by San Francisco. One player who, I don't know who it was, but just kind of like did the, the like, ole kind of tackle on Aaron Jones, and then because he was the safety, it let Jones burst up the sideline. Uh, they're just a terribly executed defensive play by the Niners, and the terribly executed play that it looked like erased the margin for error that the 49ers had at that point in the game because now the Packers are going to kick a field goal you're down seven best case scenario you're going to go to overtime and then the Packers fucking miss the field goal when it looked like they might have gone in and scored and even if they don't go in and score maybe they like ice another two minutes off the clock because they got the ball into Niner territory with 850 left to go and they were only able to take two and a half minutes off the clock with a first down and five at the San Francisco 32 they were only able to get two and a half minutes off that clock, setting themselves up in field goal range. That was a huge, huge, huge stop by the San Francisco 49ers. Forced two incompletions. Obviously, Carlson missed the field goal. But, like, they could have iced, they could have kicked the field goal and missed the field goal still. And they still could have iced more than two and a half minutes off the clock. Like, the two incompletions plus getting the, the essentially three and out after the giant play by. I guess they did pick up another first down, but they, they, they got a stop just outside the red zone that included two incompletions, and the Packers weren't able to run time off the clock like they could have, even if they don't make the field goal or even if they do. So now all of a sudden it's a totally reasonable win for the Niners because Anders Carlson fucked up the field goal. Which, you know, kickers losing games, we've seen it before, whatever, you know. It's not a new thing to watch a kicker lose a game like that. It's just, it happens. It sucks for Carlson. He's probably going to get cut. He gets to go into the the lore of Blair Walsh's and guys who have missed kicks to cost teams playoff games. All that all that stuff sucks. Missed a kick. 
It happens. Wasn't the greatest kicker. There was that weird quote that uh, I think Aaron Andrews had that was basically like, Matt LaFleur thinks of Carlson and thinks, I just pray every time he kicks it that it's going to go in, which was like a kind of wild amount of insight that LaFleur gave to the television broadcast. However, that information got disseminated, but it's just a wild wild sequence right there and the Packers go from again having an 82% win probability to like ah shit your defense probably isn't going to get a stop here is it despite the fact that again the 49ers have punted on four of their eight possessions in the entire game you kind of look up and you're like ah shit it's probably not going to go your way is it and it did not because Brock Purdy went six for seven on a nice 69 yard touchdown drive Completing passes to four different receivers. Jawan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Conley, George Kittle. That's five different receivers. Should have corrected myself there. Five different receivers to complete six passes. Lead the 49ers into the red zone. Have the Packers give up the touchdown to avoid running out the clock. And from there, Green Bay Packers blow a game in which they had an 82% win probability. And that just really, really sucks if you root for the Green Bay Packers. Because they went from biggest underdog of the weekend. We talked about this with Razor Rosenthal. They went from biggest underdog of the weekend, the team that we felt most confident about advancing, to, oh my god, you are blowing this lead that you had against the best team in football that had no reason not to I mean, God, God, that, that, that happened so fast. It happened so fast. And I know it sounds kind of bitter about the Packers losing. I don't really have that much of an emotional investment in the game. I would have liked the Packers to have win for the sports anarchist in me because I've surrounded myself with so many San Francisco 49er fans in my life, not to mention the fact that the San Francisco 49er radio station that I work for covers all the games has people sent out it's a Niners you know it's a Niner community because the Raiders are now gone it's just I've surrounded myself with so many Niner fans that it would have been a pleasant laugh if the Niners had lost but the Niners are going to survive this they're going to go to the Super Bowl they might be without Debo Samuel but they're going to survive they're going to make it to the Super Bowl it's all peaches and cream exhale roses for the Niners they got by Come from behind win, six for seven completion percentage, five or six for seven on the final drive, five different receivers completed a pass. McCaffrey finishes with the touchdown he so rightfully deserved, and the Niners get to advance. But for the Packers, man, it just would have been so cool if they had pulled off the upset. So cool if they could have denied the best chance the 49ers have had probably in the last 25 years to win the Super Bowl, if it could have been denied by that team in that game the way that they beat the 49ers, I just think from the sports anarchist perspective, it would have been so incredibly funny and so incredibly silly to watch in real time. And congratulations to the 49ers for having the come from behind win that switched up all the expectations so quick on the San Francisco 49ers. It was crazy. It was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Might have been the most enjoyable football game we've had since maybe last year's Super Bowl. Maybe last year's Super Bowl. There's a few fun candidates in there, like the Eagles-Kansas City Monday night game. But there's this was a thoroughly, thoroughly, 
thoroughly enjoyable football game, and congratulations to the 49ers for coming from behind to win, and I guess congratulations to the Packers for changing the entire expectation of that game from you're the team that's supposed to lose big to you're the team that's now blowing the lead and leaving at least 13 points on the table between the drop pick six by Darnell Savage, the go for it on fourth and one and don't convert the love shove, the missed field goal by Anders Carlson. You you just, you just found a way to throw away so many points, so many points, and that 82.5% win probability fell apart for them. It was a wonderful game. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I thoroughly enjoyed getting to break it down for the last half hour with you all here on the Take It Easy podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We got NFL Monday coming up Monday morning, Tampa and Detroit. Kansas City and Buffalo, both of those games likely to be included unless both games are so crazy and dramatic that we need two individual episodes for it. But NFL Monday, coming at you. Forty uh, Bucks-Lions, Kansas City-Buffalo. It's going to be great, fantastic, super excited to share it with all of you. I hope you have a fantabulous rest of the football weekend or however and whenever you might be listening. We'll chat with you on Monday. And in the meantime, take it easy and enjoy the savory sounds of our Jimmy Garoppolo weatherman song. The Niners have escaped Jimmy Garoppolo purgatory and found themselves an MVP quarterback leading them on fourth quarter come-from-behind wins in games that they were 10-point favorites. Garoppolo drops back to throw you're gonna lose the game the seasons come and seasons go the Niners need a change if you don't throw check downs you're gonna take a sack Jimmy G is warming up yeah he's your quarterback No, don't throw it. Interceptions drive us all insane. Phones are calling. Ron Rivera wants to make a trade. If a rookie QB isn't in your plans, just call San Francisco up. They got your quarterback. They say he's smart, and he wins games. That don't mean a thing. If since week one, Trey Lance had played, the 49ers would have had a ring. If your team's rebuilding, talent's what you lack. Trade two picks for Jimmy G. Now he's your quarterback. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.